0: Welcome back to another podcast, what an exciting day, Uh, supremely excited for this topic that we're discussing today because we've had a similar topic that we have discussed but the difference is now we are planning to talk on a much more historical context, the topic is about the idea on how does our perception of beauty change over time and across cultures. Now one of the elements about you know beauty is especially as it goes through you know uh, societal changes it becomes even more exciting or even more important to make sure that these changes especially in terms of beauty when you're talking physical beauty uh, which is human to human you think about physical real world beauty which could be natural beauty you think about aesthetics and paintings and drawings uh, or just the way something is designed altogether. So all of these kind of lead to a much more unique thought force and across time things have changed. Uh, for example, probably during the Renaissance period back in Italy in the 15th or 16th century, I'd say being fat or you know having some sort of chubbiness was seen attractive because it showed that you belong to a wealthy community and a wealthy family and that was seen Attractive. Whereas you look in today's modern day, that's far from attractive. You want to be healthier, you want to be slim and toned and that's what's seen attractive. Now, there's a lot of components which play this kind of role. Like what is it that really makes uh, people or rather what is it that really makes, you know, your uh, society uh, follow these beauty standards comes down to influence. Who is influencing you the most? You can think about actors, actresses, Hollywood for essence. You think about marketing, gimmicks, big businesses working together or uh, just working to make sure that certain beauty ideas are trending. Right? You think about how governments uh, want certain rules. I wouldn't say governments are there involved in it much, but you never know how governments are going to play around it. Um, You think about cultural influences, right? Especially through... A historical context it's much more important to understand that hey uh fair skin over the years because uh europe was in power i mean if they look at look at history of humanity africa has never been a country which has been powerful and because of the sunlight over there and you know being near the equator that's been a country which has been faced with a lot of black people as compared to the europeans and sure definitely americans and things everyone around there so, white skin has been considered beautiful for, I mean, over the years. Now, the past five to seven years, I'd say, with, you know, the internet exploding so much, it's become even more exciting to see people of different skin colors being able to have the same sort of respect that probably the whites have. I mean, again, we are far away from it, but it's going to take him some time. Uh, you think about historical trends uh, or media and pop culture <clears throat> uh, with celebrities, celebrities, uh, media companies and most importantly fashion trends which is being set up in you know all of these big luxury brands and fashion shows what's happening what's happening over there in such scenarios there's some there's a sort of projection about the kind of people they hire and the payment they make and the way it is marketed or shown to the world and then the world tries to accumulate on that uh, you think about economical and social factors now one of the most important thing is economical factors you know the more wealthier you are the more able you are to set out your own trends and uh, have much more leisures like take care of uh, yourself. I mean, think about it. Probably one of the reasons why white, white skin was appreciated much more was it because it showed that you were not someone who had to work in the sun. Rather, you were somebody from an aristocratic family and had the opportunity to stay at home and uh, look after your affairs. That, that did trickle down to social status also in essence. Because what it did was in essence of playing the game well. Societal impact with regards to. Uh, you know how you are seen. Like being able to uh, where I mean think about Natasha Poonawalla from India. Or rather Pune. She got married to one of the wealthiest families in Pune. And one of the wealthiest families in India as well. So now she has this opportunity to go out and wear these dresses, go to her parties, and all the most flamboyant uh, clothing. Though she has never worked for any of these things, her being attractive by itself in terms of physical appearance, symmetry of her face, and just being exciting to her husband got her married to uh, one of the scions of India's biggest businesses. And now, the kind of life she has, which includes fashion and you know, all sorts of extravaganza that follows suit. Uh, That is actually something that is, you know, uh, exciting thing But the most important thing is it's pretty dynamic, you never know what's going to be attractive 50 years from now, 60 years from now, especially with AI being so generative and so fast. Uh, and the ability it has to change and dynamically break industries altogether, it becomes even more important to think about how, uh, you know, cultural, historical, uh, and individual factors are going to come together and play in terms of how we uh, analyze beauty altogether. Now, another exciting thing with regards to society altogether is, you know, uh, body image, like we discussed, facial features, uh, symmetry, you know, Eyelids. Eyelids is another new example. Uh, certain Asian communities. I mean, you look at Asian eyes, right? Uh, you look at Asian communities, and they prefer having double eyelids, right? Like, hey, this does this person have double eyelids, uh, which is one above the other, and that's seen as attractive in certain communities. Uh, you think about how surgical processes are being made available to the masses to improve uh, the way they are seen and the way they are attractive uh, altogether to society. You think about hairstyles and colors. Uh, you think about back in the 1960s uh, there was long hair was popular you know with regards to the counterculture movement uh, whereas in the 80s it was big voluminous ha- hairstyles, hair color uh, you know blondes being preferred. In India, I think blondes are so respected so much. Especially natural bronze or gingers. Uh, especially in the western countries, bronze are preferred much more. Uh, you look, move towards the eastern side of the world, uh, you see it to be more of, you know, uh, the black hair which is pr- prominently attractive. Uh, you think about how body modification has become a big thing. Especially in terms of, in regards to, you know, tattoos becoming so common. You think about piercings. You think about uh, being able to paint your body just be attractive I just don't find that to make any sense altogether uh, but again you think about aging you know with uh, modern day uh, youthfulness is much more attractive at times uh, whereas some counter claim that aging is considered as a sign of wisdom and youth right uh, So that's another element uh, you think about how companies Uh, the big brands uh, With their influence what they do is they go ahead and uh, they Promote anti-aging benefits, right? That's been anti-aging creams, serums and whatnot. So youthfulness has its own attractiveness in essence Uh, you think about it now from uh, geopolitical influence, right? How does global media uh, entertainment uh, industries can really change ideals of beauty which was discussed, you know, through its films, uh, celebrities, influencing fashion, hairstyle, and body image perception to the highest level possible. All of them kind of make it even more uh, exciting to see where the world is going to be. Think about religious influence, uh, right? How does religious elements play across? Uh, for example, in in, in Muslims, it's uh, you know being women are uh, usually covered in terms of a black cloth or generally kind of colorful cloth called burqa. Even the Bori community has a different colorful cloth. So that's seen as a sign of modesty and it is appreciated or, you know, it's encouraged so much. So that's their way of looking at beauty as a higher level of, uh, you know, uh, cultural context of beauty. Uh, uh, You think about natural versus enhanced beauty. Now, Enhance is something you do through uh, calibrating your face or your physical appearance altogether. Uh, Whereas, you look at these uh, processes as something which is not real. So, that might not be exciting for a few other individuals. So, overall, it's again, it's it's a mix of good and bad things. But then, like I said, it comes down to uh, what one sees or what one really wants. Uh, you think about beauty rituals from the past. How do certain beauty rituals which are followed? By, I mean, think about Cleopatra's time. Uh, she, when she was uh, being shown or being presented to Julius Caesar, I think, I'm not sure, I can't recall who it is. Uh, he, She had these gemstones crushed and uh, she had used them on her face as a sign of being adorned. And she had created this visual appeal that probably beat the masses in every sense of the word. Uh, you think about uh, social movement, you know, like Black Lives Matter, uh, which has sparked even more discussions on beauty, ideals and representation and how embracing diversity and ethnicities in mainstream media and advertising has uh, changed the outlook that we have altogether with regards to this. So again, it's a complex topic and obviously our thoughts is going to evolve with time Uh, but it's even more exciting to think about how uh, we as individuals are going to look at these changes and make society much more worth living so keep punching guys be the hardest workers in the room take care